0: One of the most intriguing sets of quarterfinals in Champions League history is almost upon us on one side of the draw. The last three winners of the competition and indeed the tournament favourites. On the other side, three Italian contenders and a Benfica team that's lit up the competition with free-flowing football. It's a tournament that feels wide open. There are plenty of twists, turns, thrills and spills to come. I'm Kevin Hatchard and this is Football Only Better. The big games require the big games. No, that doesn't make any sense. The big games require the big names. Why would the big games require the big games? That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And as I contemplate the end of my career, I'll introduce the wonderful Mark O'Hare, who's wearing our captain's armband with pride. Mark, let's start with Pep Guardiola's reunion with his old club Bayern Munich and his old foe Thomas Tuchel. Bayern won their first game undertook Linde classica but then they got themselves dumped out of the day of day pokal by freiburg city the 1.86 favorites at the etihad that seems a teensy bit short to me
1: yeah uh it does to me too um this is undoubtedly the tie of the round um but i'm viewing this fixture very differently now so when i was kind of contemplating a, uh you know uh, a clash between pep and, and nagelsman um i don't think it's massively controversial to say that tuchel is probably a bit more restrained as a head coach compared to Nagelsmann. i think Nagelsmann has shown to be a bit more pragmatic in terms of his performances over the past 18 months when necessary but tuchel has really kind of been the same sort of kamikaze young all guns blazing kind of boss that that nagelsman can be during his managerial career and and whilst on paper this couldn't and possibly will be um, a bit of a shoot'em up, a high-scoring kind of rip-roaring tie, I'm not sure it will be actually because uh, I'm kind of willing to bet against the lines and the prices here that this will be a, a goal-filled game because of Tuckle's involvement and um, because this is a Champions League knockout tie, a first leg between two, well the top two in the outright market. So there's going to be huge respect, not just from the, from both sides, both managers, both players, um, and meetings between these two teams or between these two coaches, I should say. Have tended to be quite competitive affairs down the years. I mean, the obvious examples have been Man City versus Chelsea in recent seasons in the Premier League, in the Champions League, and cup competitions. And four of those five, when Pep met Tuckle at Man City versus Chelsea across all competitions, ended 1-0 either way. Uh, the only match in that sequence that didn't go over two and a half goals ended 2-1 to Chelsea and was a stoppage time winner as well. So uh, that was a game that kind of came hot on the heels of a, of a Champions League knockout tie for Man City when they play PSG so perhaps they're a bit laboured a bit fatigued from that so I can completely understand why the market is anticipating goals in this tie but I just think backing under three goals at 186 I don't think you can go far wrong there you need require four goals or more for that bet to lose and that's still quite a hefty total in a, in a Champions League quarter final first leg tie um I think we were probably all expecting a bit more bang out of the uh, the PSG buy and tie over two legs. It never did really materialise. A lot of that was based on PSG's approach in the first leg, but you know it didn't really catch fire. Bayern chose to to control that tie over sort of the chaos that we've seen in previous campaigns under Nagelsmann. I think we'll see something very similar here too, because Pep will ultimately demand control of the possession, control of the game, control of the tie as, as much as he possibly can. And I think Tucker will possibly allow City to dominate the ball, but he'll have a plan in place then, to and a framework to try and do some damage against this Man City team. And and he's done it in the past, really. He's got a really good record against Pep Guardiola, uh, whether it's with Dortmund or, or with Chelsea or elsewhere. So um I think he'll be kind of pleading for a bit of patience here. He's a smart guy. He won't want Bayern Munich to be out of the tie before the return leg. They surely won't be they're too good to to be kind of uh, demolished by City at the Etihad. So. Yeah, I'm just wondering whether to, to to oppose the goal line here, because I think uh, under three goals does give you a bit more flexibility, uh, a bit more cushion. It's not going to be an enjoyable watch by any means, because, uh, you know, all the star quality in, is in um, forward areas to for both teams. But uh, yeah, I just think now that Tuchel's in charge, I, I kind of give Bayern more of an opportunity to land a blow here on Man City. And as we've said, year after year after year. Is Pep Guardiola going to do something a little bit strange, a little bit out of the ordinary, as he did in that Champions League final when he met Thomas Tuchel and he lost 1-0? Wouldn't be a huge surprise if he did, but uh, yeah, if if I had to choose between the two teams, I'd be backing something pro Bayern in the more traditional markets, but in terms of my bet selection, it will be under three goals.
0: You're probably thinking, this is a pre-recorded show. Why wouldn't they just re-record that intro that Kev messed up? Well, A, that's not how we roll. And B, we've only got one computer here at Betfair, and it's currently on loan to the racing guys, so there's no chance to actually fix the show. Uh, The January transfer window may be shut. It's slammed shut, as it always does. Uh, But that hasn't stopped us from making an extra signing. Trader and tipster Brian McDonnell is with us. Brian as Mark says, Bayern saw off Paris Saint-Germain fairly comfortably, but does that have any bearing on this one? It will, yeah. I, I,
2: I don't know. Um, on my third show, whether going um, up against Marco Herr is the thing that I, 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 sh- I should be doing here. When I'll I'm take you, on. When, when, He's I, when, human. I'm the, when I'm looking at when I'm looking at the goal lines, like I think, yeah, as you said, Zokev. Well, I think I, I do think Man City will win. I do think they're a little bit short, so I was going to leave that off. But I was just maybe it's more hopeful thinking than. Uh, an expectation i'm hoping it'll be a cracker i'm i I think the goals the the 3.5 goals around 275 near near 3.0 is going to be fine for for an interest bet i think if you look at the both teams champions league records this season man city have scored 17 goals in their four home champions league games this season seven of those albeit were against leipzig in the last round um if you look at the group's ages bayern munich they went to the new camp they scored three they went to the San zero they scored two and they scored against psg in, in, in the narrow away win in, in, in the knockout round away from home so they've scored everywhere they've gone so far and more recently they've been conceding goals as well they conceded um two in their cup loss to Freiburg in the middle of the week they conceded two when they bet Dortmund last weekend they conceded two against Leverkusen three against Augsburg so in their last five games they've been con- conceding goals and if you're conceding that amount of goals you, you'd think you'll be conceding a couple against Man City at home as well who have sort of the floodgates have, have started to open for them over the past couple of the weeks um both teams to score is, is trading short as you'd expect around 168 so I'm just going to go with the over 3.5 goals, going straight against Mark head-to-head
0: and uh, we'll, see, we'll see how it goes. But over 3.5 for me and, and hopefully it's a cracker. He's only been on for a few shows and he's scrapping already. Maths with Mark Stinchcombe, completes my top-tipping team. Stinch, what's the best angle here for you?
3: Yeah, um, you mentioned about the, the Man City price. I'm wondering if it's assuming that Haaland doesn't, or does, or does play, rather. Um, I'm wondering if uh, if he doesn't, then then it maybe becomes a lay. But I, I think if maybe he, he does play, then I think maybe City are, are back at the prices. I think the the fantastic thing about this game is um, you can kind of, you know, all the data you've got, you can kind of almost throw it out of the window in a way from a Bayern perspective because you've only got two Thomas Tuchel games to go off. Um, And he's only been there two weeks. So it's like, how much time will he have to implement his his style or whatever? But I think Bayern are in a little bit of of turmoil, both on and off the pitch. Really, like, you know, I think the the sacking of of Nagelsmann, the way it was done and and all the stuff behind the scenes, I think was quite ugly. Um, And I I think we saw it encapsulated quite well in his two games so far, you you know, Scoring four against Dortmund obviously helped very heavily by by Koble to, to begin with and uh, maybe that game plays out differently if if that doesn't go in um, and then obviously the defeat against against Freiburg who who aren't really they are obviously high up in Bundesliga but their style of football doesn't really lend itself to to beating uh, to beating top teams and they've played a lot of football this season Freiburg so that'll have been a real big blow so I just think the the volatility of Bayern and and then if you kind of I think if you break it down you know Erling Haaland against Chippa Moting you got Edison against Jan Sommer like I know Jan Sommer's a good a good backup but he's I don't think he's I think I think it's Europa League. He's not Champions League.
0: How so, very dare you! I won't. I won't. I know, know you slander on this show. Thank it's you. It's only.
3: Much. It's only when comparing <laughs> him to Edison. Um, I just think there's, you know, there's different levels there. And the way City swept Liverpool aside with without Haaland and without Foden, we should mention as well. I think um, if one of those two, I think if I think if Haaland is back, I, I think then City are, are, are an even bigger weapon. You is know, not fired for Bayern. I know he struggled with injuries as well. Um, and, yeah, as, as Brian mentioned, they've been shipping a lot of goals recently as well. So I, I think maybe City are worth a bet. But, yeah, I think the beauty of this matchup is uh, is if you've got a strong opinion, then go for it because uh, there's there's lots of different scenarios because we just don't know how maybe Tuchel will, will actually uh, try and uh, play out this match and whether people are, are on board with him as well. This
1: football season, get a hand from Betfair's popular bet builder and easily add our fan favourite football selections to your bet slip in just one tap. And you can get a £5 free bet when you place a £5 bet builder on Man City versus Bayern Munich. How handy is that?
0: Betfair. Opt-in required. Max £5 free bet builder valid 72 hours. Minimum combined odds. Terms and conditions apply. 18plus.begamblerware.org Tuesday's other game sees Benfica facing Inter team that narrowly edged out Porto in the last 16. Benfica the clear favourites for this home leg. And Stinch, that does feel about right because Inter are kind of all over the place at the moment. You never really know what you're going to get from them.
3: Yeah, I, I would agree. But I do think Benfica are maybe a bit short here at, uh, at 11 to 10. You know, this is a Champions League quarterfinal final. Um, I don't want to go too sort of stereotypical but you know Italian teams generally to kind of shut try and shut things down. Um, first leg, as we know, generally tends to be tight. I think that's sort of factored in with the the over-under odds, you know, under two and a half goals is is at 8 to 13. So the market's expecting a low scoring game. So I think it's a little bit unfair that Benfica are so short. You know, generally the the lower the score in the game, the more the draw comes into play and the and the two teams are pushed out to, to larger prices. Um Benfica will be coming into this on the on the back of the game against Porto as well. You know, it's not a game in terms of the title race, but you know, there's always pride at stake. So I think they'll they will expend some some energy there. Um, and inter have obviously already been to portugal in the previous round and, and kept porto to, to a nil nil um, so i think that they're, they're capable of, of locking the game down again so i think um backing into double chance around about four to five if you if you lay benfica on the exchange i think that would be the the way to go for me i just as much as you could maybe argue that benfica are the better team or, or in the better form right now I, I think they're too short based based on everything that we know
0: Mark, this is the old Joao Mario special, isn't it? He's getting tons of goals. We're backing him to do something.
1: Uh, There's no prices yet, but um, yeah, I I would expect him to be a a very important player for Benfica if they are to get a result here. Um, I'm a bit torn here because I agree with Stinch. I mean, I I think Benfica are the most likely winners, but the price is short because Porto were 3.15 when they hosted Inter in the second leg not so long ago, and they needed to win that game uh Benfica what 2.25 in the exchange to win that's a big big difference and if you look at the prices ahead of or going into that game on Friday when Benfica played Porto Benfica are a smidgen of odds on on the exchange at home to Porto so the market knows that they're the better team but that's a that's a big big difference even so so um I am feeling a little bit short changed because I I did sort of outline this match and I really wanted to be a Benfica and and find a really nice price but it's not going to happen unfortunately so you have to sort of delve around and find something a bit different. But for me, they are the strongest suit. Uh, they're a team that are moving in the right direction, they're all moving to sort of Robert Schmidt's beat. A tremendous record in Lisbon so far this season. Only PSG and Sporting have avoided defeat there this season. There's no obvious injury or illness issues afflicting them. And you compare it with Inter, who just do not look like a united group at the minute. Um, speculation rife now about Inzaghi's future. They seem to be unravelling a little bit. Quite fortunate to get a, a draw in a Coppa Italia match at Juventus uh, last midweek. And... At least domestically, it's four defeats and five. Fairly fortunate. um uh, to, to even get some of those results recently too, and I know Lukaku's come back into the fold, scoring goals gives them a new dimension. But their record outside of San Siro this season is truly dreadful domestically. They failed to win eight of thirteen away in Serie A. They've lost five of seven at top half teams. They're only away clean sheet came at Sampdoria. They've conceded multiple goals in eight of those thirteen, and they've actually failed to score in three of their last four road trips in Italy as well. So they did impress at Barcelona in the group stage. Um, but I thought they were very fortunate to progress against Porto. Fortunate to get to get that first leg result and very fortunate to survive the, the onslaught in the second half of the second leg too. So, um, yeah, Benfica do look short, but the, the way around that, I think, is to back Benfica to win, but include under three and a half goals, which boosts the price to nine to five, which is quite nice. This is a first leg knockout tie, as we say, between two reasonably well-matched teams. And i just like that boost because I, I cannot see this match escalating into a bit of a shootout,
0: as the market imagines. Now I'm not saying that traders like Brian are responsible for Marco O'Hare feeling shortchanged, but it definitely is their fault, and it's probably Brian's fault specifically. Uh, but you know, these things happen. Uh, Brian, what's your view on this? Yeah, I can I can only echo sort of what, what Mark was saying there. I I was just going
2: to go with a with a Benfica win. I do think they're 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 the better team this season. Two twenty four could be on the, on the, on the touch short side, but I I think Stinch was saying you know when uh, um. When Inter went to Porto, they managed to they kept a clean sheet. It was it was an absolute miracle. The ball stayed out of, of of the internet towards the end of that end of that game. The ball hit the post. It was cleared off the line it hit the crossbar. There were saves, um, you know. And 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 Mark was saying there that Inter they haven't been on on the best of form. They've lost four of their last five Serie A games. They will go to they will go to Benfica. They'll try and stink the place up to try and bring something back to this and zero. But Benfica for me have just been sensational this season. You know they top a group. Unbeaten with PSG and Juventus in it, um, they easily dispatched of a albeit very club-bruiser side uh, over to like seven-one on aggregate. They won the home leg five-one. Home form sensational this season. They in the league they've twelve wins and and a draw from their thirteen games. And their draw was against Sporting, who really a draw was all they needed to sort of have put a firm grip and and one hand on the, on the league title. They're ten points clear. Um, they've only lost once all season domestically and in Europe. So.
0: I'm I'm happy to just take Benfica to, to win the first leg and, and, and take something over to the San Siro. To Wednesday then, all Italian affair at San Siro as Milan take on the runaway Serie A leaders, Napoli. Brian, I'll come back to you. Milan won 4-0 in Naples recently. Does that have any bearing on this clash at all? Well, the market seems to think so. Yeah, they they were mar- matched at a, at a high of
2: 3.65 before they, they trans-Napoli, as you said, 4-0 in the league. They're now out to 294 after being traded as low as 2.7 Napoli out to 266 now um, I don't have a huge opinion on this game I, I won't be back in Milan in this one despite that win over Napoli they've had some really, really poor performances this season they've been very inconsistent they've given up a lot of chances against, against Fiorentina and Udinese um, I don't really have I'll have an opinion on this game before the weekend's action so it's best watched for me
0: at the moment Yeah, Stinch, as Brian's alluded to there, Milan are weird, right? You never quite know what's going to go on with them because they they were excellent against Napoli, but genuinely, it wasn't Napoli just kind of having the game off. They, They genuinely tore them apart at times, and yet some of the performances are just dreadful.
3: Yeah, I actually went to watch uh, Italy recently and the stadium announcers were playing Freed From Desire and uh, the Italian fans were going quite mad for it and I couldn't quite work out what they were saying until someone told me they were singing Pi- Piolis on fire. And I was like, yes. really? Really? <laughs> this season? And then we they worried that, before- that he was
0: actually on fire and we were just kind of <laughs> looking around. For-
3: <laughs> but then they put that uh, victory in at, uh, at, at Naples. I think if you've got someone like Raphael Leao who... I don't want to say Ballon d'Or esque winner, but I think he could be, you know, maybe top 10 uh, during his career in terms of players in, in the world. I think you've always always got a chance. I'm not too worried about who wins this game. I thought, despite it's a first leg Champions League tie, I thought the overs look quite attractive because his chalked up as 11 to 10 for overs. So, again, the market's expecting a, a low scoring game. And I just think with Napoli, they don't know any other way to play other than attack um you know we've had two games this season 4-0 and Napoli won the the reverse fixture 2-1 you look at Napoli in the Champions League and obviously then they're now second favorites to win on the sports book because the the way the draw has been made with them on the uh, same side as Benfica and Inter and have stayed away from Man City, Bayern, Real Madrid and Chelsea uh so I think you know for them rather than AC Milan probably want to make this into a one legged match that would be ideal for them you know because volatility variance comes into play when you have two legs generally the better team ends up going through so I think Nap best best action for Napoli will be just to attack and say look we know over 180 minutes we are better than you at attack and ultimately will win. Um, and you know, look at Napoli in the Champions League. I think that's what they've showed. There's been 31 goals in their their eight Champions League games, which is just not short of a four per game. And all I'm kind of asking for is will we see three? Um, and I'm actually going to go for over 2.25 goals, which is just short of even. So um, even if there's if even if there's only two, I'll still get half my money back. Um, Osserman's a doubt, but I still think it's a bet because of the line. If it was if the line was say I don't know. Ten to eleven, the pair on over under two point five, and I know Osserman's not going to play. Yeah, I'm happy to give it a swerve and be sensible, but the line at two point two five, I think, is too good not to attack.
0: Mark, is that the way you would see it? Two goals on the menu here.
1: Um, there may well be, but I, I want to be with Napoli. Um, just a, a fascinating fixture because of what happened between the two teams just a, a matter of weeks ago. The four uh, 0 Spalletti said, you know, the result wasn't harsh on his team, as you quite rightly said, Kev. Man, fully deserved it took advantage of the open spaces played on the counter-attack and, and transitions created five big chances from about 38 percent ball possession uh just tore them to shreds when they went forward really and, and deservedly got the win um obviously ozerman was missing in that match um wouldn't have made a, a huge difference i don't think to the final outcome but you want him to be fit and available for this i think we'll get more news about that in the coming days um but yeah that, that result kind of continued a weird trend between these two teams the last six games between the pair have been won by the away side um so obviously if you, if you think that way it's advantage napoli this time around but um you kind of want to, to wait until the team news is a bit more confirmed and you want awesome on your team but i just think napoli offer zero start on the Asian handicap the same as the draw no bet at 1.89 that's fair enough to me um just gives you a little bit of protection against the draw Um, it's worth saying though that Milan were the better team when actually losing the reverse game back in September 2-1 at San Siro as well they had 22 shots that day and the XG was 2.6 to 1.1 in their favour but I just think um, yeah perhaps psychologically the fact that they delivered that blow to to Napoli just a few weeks ago will give Napoli a a massive kind of uh wake-up call if you like. Um, I think there's probably more likelihood they'll play with even more intensity, even be, be more eager to set the record straight and gain a bit of revenge really. Um, I think perhaps the 4-0 was perhaps the worst thing to happen for 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 Milan actually in that match coming into this game because uh the shock factor is gone um I think the difference is they did go back to to 4-2-3-1 in that match they played with real intensity real belief Raphael Lau was a real menace the first time he's really sort of stepped up and played consistently well for, for quite some time too so they do have the players to step up and compete here but um over the course of the whole campaign we've seen Napoli's. Not just trajectory, but their consistency to play at a high standard. Much, much more reliable than anything close that Milan can match either. So, I just think they're much more trustworthy, and I think they're top level. Even if Osman, Osman well's missing, I think there's enough players elsewhere to step up to the set up to the plate and, and get a result here. So, yeah, I'd be prone happily at the prices.
0: We're making a few changes to our great daily offers here at Betfair. You now have to opt in to promotions to enjoy the rewards available on the sportsbook and exchange. You can opt in quickly and easily by clicking a promotional banner or going straight to the promotions page and clicking opt in. There's a step by step guide on betting.betfair.com. Real Madrid were frighteningly good in their 4-0 win at Barcelona in the Copa del Rey semi-finals. Odds on as they take on a chaotic Chelsea. Uh, And Mark, part of Real Madrid's incredible run to win the tournament last season was an amazing comeback against Chelsea. That incredible uh, Luka Modric outside of the boot pass, that volley on the run from Rodrigo. It does feel like Real Madrid are in an even better place now, and Chelsea are in a much worse place.
1: Yes, definitely. Um, I did find this quite tricky actually, and it, it really shouldn't be because you fully expect Real Madrid to win, as the market does. They're, they're down to one point seven six on the exchange, which is which is quite short. I thought actually, um, I thought they might be closer to about one point nine, and the price has been dropping. But their only defeats at home so far this season have come against Barcelona. Defensively, they have been quite strong at the Bernabeu as well. We've seen them overcome Liverpool with room to spare, uh, even if that first leg was, was quite bizarre, really, scoring five goals from just nine shots. But that's what they've been doing, um, just efficiently effective over the last couple of years under Ancelotti. We saw that in that game against Barcelona in the Copa del Rey, scoring four goals from about 12 shots, and just so, so potent when they went forward on the counter-attack. Um the thing is we've kind of seen the story before with Real Madrid they might not be at their free flowing best we've seen in the Galactico eras but they just tend to get results and tend to grind it out and as you say Chelsea read that script last season where we're easily the better side over two legs but still managed to to be knocked out by Real Madrid and this time around they're a completely different fish no permanent boss um, Frank Lampard assuming to be in charge and just an enormous squad without a clear plan or direction uh, I think Angola Kante's return is, is very timely, but this is a team that's failed to beat a top-half side in the Premier League so far this season. So you don't really want to be on their side when they go to Real Madrid in the Champions League knockout tie either. So, um, yeah, it's it's very hard to know what we're going to see from Chelsea because they are under different management now. I tend to try and steer clear of games when there has been a managerial change because of that unknown, because of the question marks over how they might approach. But if I was to get involved in this game, I'd probably be looking to oppose goals because... Chelsea matches have been dreadfully dull uh, for quite some time now. Just four domestic matches since mid-October have gone over two and a half goals. It is, a, as we keep saying, a Champions League knockout tie first leg affair as well. I'd be surprised if Chelsea went front foot here and tried to match Real Madrid in any sort of way. They might want to try and stay in the tie and take them back to Stamford Bridge and and give it a go. They'll be well aware of the pace and and the ability of Vinicius Junior, who has been absolutely outrageous so far this season. Benzema's come back with with unbelievable form since the international break as well. Um, Rodrigo's just improving week by week as well. So, It's very hard to be pro-Chelsea, but also very hard, I think, to be looking towards a goal-heavy game either. So perhaps a way into this tie is to to match up Real Madrid alongside something like under three and a half goals. And you get that price boosted on Madrid to win to something more palatable.
0: Yeah, Brian, it'd be hard to back Chelsea with any kind of confidence, wouldn't it? They've got the individual quality and they play pretty well against Dortmund over two legs. But this is a big step up against Real
2: Madrid. Definitely, yeah. And when you're not scoring goals, you know it's going to be very hard to come through with tie against um, Real Madrid. I, I really, just, I don't know what to make of Chelsea. Really, it's you know Frank Lampard's going to be in the dugout. I, is he going to is he going to change things and, and add any more stability for the rest of the season than than Graham Potter could have done? I think it's maybe harsh on on, on not to be given the chance to see out the season um, and, and and give them a go in the in the Champions League, but. The confidence is just not there, you know. They don't have a they don't have a, a number nine, um, Havertz. Havertz and uh, it hasn't been scoring goals for them. Mudrick, um, is is hasn't you know they haven't hit the the heights that they expected that he he would have in front of goal and and, and just the confidence isn't there. So I see it very hard for Chelsea to bring something back um, to to Stamford Bridge. Um, I think Real Madrid's thrashing of of Barcelona in in the new Camp in the in the Copa del Rey. I think that's quite ominous for Chelsea as well especially with benzema scoring a hat-trick um as he arrived now for the rest of the season he obviously had an incredible run uh, towards there or to help them lift the champions league last season that's two hat-tricks for him now in in consecutive games so you can imagine he's going to be to the forefront and and, and try to make the game uh, you know we he, it could be his name on the on the headlines uh, in the, the day after the game um we're recording a bit early so the goal scored markets aren't out yet but no points for originality i think that's what uh, uh emmett said last week when picking picking um Ozyma to score for for napoli um uh, no points for originality here but i'll be having a look and seeing what price benzema is um in the in, in the goal scored markets um you, and yeah similar similar to mark real madrid to win their 176 but you can get them um at odds against and uh, if you do the real madrid and under three and a half goals i think with chelsea's goal scoring problems I'd see it being very hard for them to score at um, the Bernabeu this week. So, um, Real Madrid to win and and under three and a half goals as well.
0: And the one thing, Stinch, that Real Madrid do have is clarity and stability because Ancelotti's in charge and there's been all talk about him maybe taking the Brazil job at some stage and whether they're going to boot him like Real Madrid tend to do in the summer. But he's a calming presence. Chelsea have made two managerial changes already. They've got about 900 players. It's absurd.
3: Yeah, I think what I quite liked about Real Madrid this season is how well Ancelotti seems to have managed the squad so far. Um, they've seemingly play almost every twice every week. Um, quite often, you see um, you know Valverde line up in the front three. He's got the. I know they spent a lot of money, obviously, in getting sort of Tuchemani and and Camavinga. uh, But he's deployed one of those sometimes at left back. Uh, Nacho, you can kind of put anywhere across the back four. I just think uh, you know sometimes he's playing Lucas Vasquez right back. I just think he's uh, managed the squad uh, really well. Um, Although you know now at the business end of the season, so let's see how well that's going to come out. They're now obviously very heavy favourites for the Copa del Rey. So that's gone well, uh, but they've got to negotiate the hardest part of the Champions League side. So interesting to see how, how that unfolds. Um, in terms of this game, I was looking at um, a few player bets at, at sort of hopefully uh, decent prices. Uh, the first one was if uh, Rhys James lines up on the, the right-hand side of Chelsea's defence, him to get booked, hoping for around maybe 7-2, to 4-1 to one, up against Vinicius, I would imagine. Uh, he was booked after just 10 minutes in this game last season. And I'm not backing it for that, obviously. But, you know, Vinicius is obviously a fantastic player. But he just he's very similar to Neymar in terms of how many fouls he draws per game. Most fouled player in La Liga. Uh, he's fouled 3.7 times per game in, in La Liga. So yeah, back in a uh, Rhys James to be carded, and also if Chelsea line up in a in a wing back system, the the other right sided player. So last time Reese James played on on the right side of the three, but I imagine he'll be deployed as a wing back. So if it's say Kulabali at the the right side, Calamitous Kulubali, uh, sorry Koulibaly, Koulibaly, Um him in a double with Rhys James, probably get double figure price there. I think that'd be quite fun. And then um, Vinicius himself. uh, Fantastic this season so far. 17 goals. We saw how well he played against Liverpool, for example. But he is uh, racking up a lot of yellows himself. 13 yellows. Um, So I think you could maybe back him to score and be carded as he does get frustrated sometimes. Um, Sort of maybe around the sort of 6-1 mark. I think that would be quite a nice bet as well.
0: Manchester United take on Sevilla in the Europa League. Yes, this is Sevilla's competition, uh, but they are not the team they have been in recent seasons. They have improved slightly under veteran coach Jose Luis Mendilibar, but they are still in relegation danger. And, Brian, there does seem to me to be quite a big quality gap here.
2: There is, yeah, obviously. Um the prices would suggest that anyway, 141 on the exchange for Man United, which is, it's too short for me. And, uh, I don't think any Man United fans will be happy with me two shows in a row after on the Saturday show. I, uh, I, I laid Man United as well on the, on the exchange. But as you said, Sevilla, they've been poor, uh, all season. They're only four points clear of the relegation zone in La Liga. So you'd imagine that is their main aim. this season is just to stay up and, and, and then reset and go again next season. Um, I just won't be putting Man United in. And so if, you're, if, some of our listeners are putting on a, a Thursday night or or anything at one thirty six on the sports book. It's just not for me. Sevilla Europa League specialists. Um, they played Man United three times in European competition and they haven't lost once as well. Um, United going well in in, in their top four race and and look, the favorites for a reason. That price for a reason. They probably can't come through the game, but I wouldn't be it wouldn't be a major shock if uh, if Sevilla sp- sp- spring a surprise in the first leg. So um, I'm just going to lay lay Man United on the exchange at at one forty one.
0: Stinch, we've just seen Manchester United beat Betis over two legs. I know Betis missed some pretty big chances over those two legs, but you'd say that Betis is significantly better than Sevilla this season. So is that any kind of guide for us?
3: Potentially. I think the prices are obviously United massive favourites as they were against Betis, but I think it might be a different style of match. I think Betis can be a little bit kamikaze um, whereas Sevilla as, as Brian mentioned are struggling massively this season so uh, a lack of quality and I think that probably leads to, to them probably not playing on the offensive. I agree though I think United do look short at 4-11 um, unfortunately we've only got sort of one game to go off for, for Mandela which was a 2-0 win at, at Cadiz but if you look at the sort of underlying numbers they were outshot and, and they gave up half of the ball to a side with the second worst possession in the league so f- for me that does that. That's a little bit alarm bells, but I guess at this stage it's just points that matter in a relegation battle. Um, but I think you, you can understand why over two and a half goals is, is the favourite around about eight to eleven. But again, I don't think you want to back it in, in a first leg European Cup quarterfinal, uh, given I think likely that Silvilla will sit back based on what we've seen in, in Mandela's first game in charge. So a little bit boring, but yeah, I, I think no bet. I think you can make a case that the odds are, are probably not not far wrong. Um, I think every time you think Severe are going to sort themselves out, you know, they have got good players. They have got quality players. But, you know, I worry about the fact when they're playing um, Gadej, the the Serbian centre-back, for example, you know, he's a holding midfielder by trade. You look at the likes of uh, Marcus Acuna, uh, you know, they pick up yellow cards for fun. And I, I worry that ill-discipline could cost them. And, and they might even get sort of a, a red card here and United take advantage in the first leg.
0: Mark anything for you here
3: uh, I find
1: it difficult to be honest um
3: just looking at the prices
1: you know Man United around 1.4 on the exchange um they obviously beat Betis in the last round as you guys were talking about but they were a shorter price to win the opening leg at Old Trafford against Betis when they were severe which is quite puzzling really they obviously did so 4-0 but Betis rested and rotated their squad probably why the price was so short and they left their three best attacking players out of the starting 11 one of which was injured but um there is a big gulf between the two leagues these days um United have already dispatched Barcelona who are the runaway league leaders comfortably seen off Betis the team chasing the top four and now you've got Sevilla involved in a relegation battle and you'll have Casemiro back in the field for the Man United too which does bolster them and they're, they're all Trafford records so far this season has been very very strong too um I do like men Dilabar. um he's quite old school he does simplify things he injects belief real work rate. um they can be quite basic and they will probably be quite basic and probably play defensive based football first here but um I think they can be quite obdurate and quite difficult to see off they do have good players but they're still nowhere near they're the same side that uh, dominated Europe or this competition in previous campaigns too so yeah it's, it's difficult to engineer something uh severe winless against top half teams uh, have been well beaten when beat when matching up against uh, Spain's elite as well so I do expect them to lose, maybe close to kick-off when Betfair release some of their specials. You can probably get something like Man United to score two goals, win five or more corners and severe two or more cards at, uh, at a reasonable price. But uh, yeah, it would just be an interest play for me.
0: And finally, we're off to Belgium because Ghent face West Ham in the Conference League quarterfinals. Stinch West Ham still in relegation danger in the Premier League. But in Europe, they've done pretty well. And this has been the only really saving grace of their season so far
3: yeah i mean favorites to win the uefa conference league which maybe tells you <clears throat> what they what they're up against but they're actually chalked up as uh, 11 to 10 here away to gent so by by no means an easy game according to the market and i'm inclined to agree i think this is i've labeled it as a dangerous game for for west ham against against side that you just don't know what you're going to get but when they do click it it can be quite uh Sort of almost fireworks um, you know they scored 18 goals in the last four games and the two up front I think are an absolute handful you've got Gift, Emmanuel, Orban and, and Hugo Kuipers. they've got 37 goals between them already this season and Orban was only signed on January deadline day a uh, hat-trick in the in the previous round he's got 14 goals already um, he's only 20 he's just sort of exploded out of nowhere on the European stage and you know, throughout the, the Ghent team, they have got top-level European experience that probably didn't work out at, at bigger clubs, but maybe suits them in, in the Belgian league. You've got, you've got Jens Hauger, who look could go on and be a good player, who's used quite um, readily off the bench. Um, he, was, he was at Frankfurt and, and Milan. You've got uh, Andrew Hulseger in midfield, who, who was in uh, Spain with Celta Vigo um i might pronounce this wrong jordan turuniga he was in, in the league yeah. yeah yeah he's still fairly young as well and then Paul Nadi who was in um who was in the french league at uh, top level so i do think they've got good experience but i wonder about them against better teams they lost 2-0 against club they lost 0 nil against union San juar and they needed pens in in uh, to get past karabakh uh, as well so i I don't know what West Ham side will turn up. Is it going to be one that's cruised through this stage so far or, or the underperforming Premier League side that they're in a, in a relegation battle? You know, just been beat 5 1 v Newcastle. I don't think Moyes will prioritise one competition over the other, but very concerned how we saw they drop off in, in league last season when they were focusing on the, the Europa League. So I've, I've got it down as no bet, but I think maybe you. you I'll be tempted to just go for a bit of a flyer and back sort of like get minus one at like six to one or something like that, or the two lads up front both to score and just take a chance that not West Ham check out, but they just struggle to manage this, this fixture schedule that that they're in. And ultimately the Premier League has got to be more important given the finances at stake.
0: Mark, how do you see this one?
1: Similar really. It uh, feels like a dangerous match. I don't really want to get involved in West Ham at those prices. Um, David Moyes has said and been quite firm really in his press dealings saying that the competition is something they, they are looking to try and win. Uh, they see West Ham winning a European trophy is something to to be proud about. Um, they're looking to try and take the competition seriously, and we've seen that in their results, even if they haven't always fielded a, a first choice 11. They haven't had to really because the quality of the squad is is superior to most of the opponents they've played. But um, yeah the, the, obviously the relegation picture is is starting to heat up and uh I think they've got Arsenal immediately after this match at the weekend which is clearly a, a much more difficult test so I wouldn't be too surprised if there was a bit of rotation on show here but uh Stinch is right you know the, the players up front for Ghent have got uh real ability um but it's just my my concern really is their their ability to match the best teams domestically they've lost all five matches against the top three so how are they going to fare against West Ham? Uh, they were held at home to Bastik held at home by Karabag. have beaten. Uh, by Jure garden earlier this season as well so not the kind of track record to be fearing from a West Ham perspective but well aware that there are players in that squad who can make a difference too so West Ham have beaten Anderlecht home and away already this season Anderlecht nowhere near the same side they used to be in Belgium football in recent campaigns so yeah just a, a lot of question marks here if I was to get involved perhaps both teams to score would be the way because uh, I wouldn't be too surprised to see Ken get on the score sheet judging how West Ham have defended in recent weeks I mean the game against Newcastle I don't think I've seen four more atrocious goals to be conceded in a Premier League match for, for quite some time and they ended up conceding five as well. So, um, yeah, the the bigger picture, I think, uh, here at West Ham makes them vulnerable.
0: Yeah, Brian, it feels like a game that could have goals.
2: Yeah, I just don't know. I, I'd, I'd wait until the lineups are announced because I just I know David Moyes has said that they want to win the tournament. Uh, that was a couple of weeks ago, or last week even, it was before. They're obviously trounced 5-1 against Newcastle during the weekend, but It just has to be a distraction i think the conference league now like the main aim has to be staying up and you know make no mistake about it they're definitely in a a a big relegation battle um west ham um as mark said they're home to arsenal on the on on sunday um and after the second leg they're going to have a relegation six pointer against bournemouth as well so i can't see how they're going to go full strength so i would wait for for lineups to be announced in this one um for both games before having a bet but i'd i'm leaning towards just Ghent to qualify at about 4.0. There's not a whole amount on the exchange at the moment, but I think that's, I think that can you can you can have a small play on 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 Ghent to qualify. um Just with West Ham, I think they're going to have to rotate. I can't I can't imagine they're going to go full strength. But again, I'd wait till an hour 15 minutes before kick off um, and wait until I see the team sheets before having a play on this one.
0: Well, that's all we have time for on this edition of Football Only Better. Please do remember to gamble responsibly. Lots of other excellent shows on the Betfair network, including Golf Only Better, Cricket Only Better and Racing Only Better as well. And lots of good preview content on our website, betting.betfair.com. From Brian, from Stinch, from Mark and from me, it's goodbye for now.